my coverage of the first regular hour-long episode of Twin Peaks continues this week, now with the wider historical and TV context, um, what was going on around this show at this time as it moved to its uh, first regular weeknight. This is a very short episode, uh, hopefully the shortest of any of these um, for the, you know, going forward, uh, as, as I've, I've mentioned this before, you know, I recorded this for patrons, uh, over a couple years. And as I went on, I got more and more into the context, digging into news stories, reading through the time issues here. I just kind of touch on these topics and move along. So this is a shorter one. I'm, I'm leaving it as its own standalone podcast because eventually these sections uh, will get long enough to more justify it, but uh, here's just sort of a brief taste of what was going on in the spring of 1990 when this aired. This episode aired at 9 o'clock p.m. on Thursday, April 12th, 1990. This was the first hour-long episode, and it was the first to air on a weeknight and not as a special presentation. The pilot had been broadcast as an ABC Sunday movie of the week. Against tougher competition uh, than the pilot had been, it still did pretty well. It earned a 16.2 in the Nielsen ratings, which is based on what percentage of all possible TV viewers are watching the show. It had 14.9 million viewers, which is a share of 27% of everyone watching TV during that hour. It followed an episode of Father Dowling Mysteries on ABC, starring Tom Bosley, an actor made famous as the star of a Broadway musical about the New York Mayor Fiorella LaGuardia, but most of us probably know uh, Tom Bosley as the father on Happy Days. In this show, Father Dowling Mysteries, he played a Chicago priest who doubles as an amateur detective with the help of a young nun played by Tracy Nelson uh, of the Ricky Nelson, Ozzie, and Harriet show business family. In this particular episode, the legacy mystery, the priest detective comes up against the mother of a wealthy suspected art thief, and she's played by Marion Ross, who was his wife on Happy Days. So kind of a funny coincidence there. Not a coincidence in terms of casting, but just that that was the first episode of Father Dowling that was paired with Twin Peaks was one somewhat notable for the casting. Although one site lists that the episode is new, most of the others implied aired a week earlier, so this was probably a repeat. And that would make sense because this show's rating was lower than that of the week before. And Twin Peaks was followed at 10 p.m. by Primetime Live, the news magazine show hosted by Diane Sawyer and Sam Donaldson, featuring a team of journalists, including a young Chris Cuomo. That received a 10.7 rating, where it's uh, Father Dowling earned a 10, so Twin Peaks was definitely the highest-rated ABC primetime show this night, by a substantial number. But the majority of the shows on the rival network and NBC received uh, higher ratings, including the episode of Cheers that was uh, programmed directly opposite the first half hour of Twin Peaks. That episode of Cheers is called The Ghost and Mrs. LeBeck. It earned a 19.7 rating, so the highest of any show that night. Cheers was a TV phenomenon and an institution by 1990. It was one of the most popular sitcoms, and it was in its eighth season at this point. So ABC putting Twin Peaks up against Cheers, I think, made a lot of people kind of gulp. It made sense to them as counter-programming, like we want to draw viewers away from the most popular show on TV. How are we going to do that but with, you know, one of the most hyped new shows? If anything will pull particularly young viewers away from Cheers, this will be that. But of course the Twin Peaks people, they're thinking, oh my god, you're putting us up against Goliath. We better hope we can pull off a David. And they didn't quite this night, but they held their own. I mean, 16.7 again is pretty good. Uh, Cheers, of course, is an ensemble series about a group of regular patrons at a Boston bar run by Sam, who's played by Ted Danson. 
and it held the 9 o'clock slot on ABC's must-see TV night, later occupied by Seinfeld. And this must-see TV night, Thursday night on NBC, also included the Cosby show in a different world. So this is the context that Twin Peaks, the surreal detective, uh, you know, cinematic David Lynch show was up against, was like the must-see TV, the, the conventions of TV, like the most, I guess, sort of the highest you could get within that kind of form in terms of popularity, and many people would say quality as well. This particular episode of Cheers, called The Ghost and Mrs. Lebeck, uh, it centered around the bar's waitress, Carla Tortelli, played by Ree Perlman. She's been recently widowed, and she discovers at her husband's funeral that her dearly deceased was a bigamist, which leads to an outright brawl between her and the other wife, and then an ongoing back and forth as the two Mrs. Lebecks try to figure out you know, which one he liked more which one he's going to leave more to what to do with their situation the second half of twin peaks runtime matched it against grand on nbc that's a soap opera satire about three families in pennsylvania the wealthy weldons impoverished Pacettis, and middle class smithsons information on this particular episode blow off is scarce but it would be the final episode of grand this season the show would continue for half a season in the fall before getting canceled. CBS's counter-programming was Max Monroe, Loose Cannon, a cop show set in L.A. Here's a description from TV.com, which I enjoyed reading. Max Monroe is an L.A. police detective called The Loose Cannon because he doesn't work by the book. Max's unorthodox law enforcement techniques and brazen disregard for the most standard police procedural have caused most people, including the department brass, to consider him crazy and dangerous, an image that Max deliberately cultivates because he finds it useful. It keeps the bad guys on their toes. Max is a master of disguise, among other things. He has a passion for chess, grandmaster level, is also into magic and police work, of course. A ladies' man, he has a classy wardrobe and drives a red 1963 Corvette Stingray convertible. Max's partner, Charlie Ivers, is more conservative, has a wife and kids, drives a sensible car, and is generally the opposite of his partner. Uh, if this sounds like a super 80s, uh, super early 90s artifact, uh, it definitely is, and I very, very much encourage you to look in the show notes and follow the link to watch the one-minute opening on YouTube. Uh, you won't be disappointed. Meanwhile, in the film world, uh, at the box office, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was number one for the third week in a row. In the world, Time Magazine's cover for April 9th was The Changing Colors of America, a collage-like flag in which three white stripes are covered by a black, a brown, and a yellow one. The caption reads, What will the U.S. be like when whites are no longer the majority? The first East German democratically elected parliament met acknowledged responsibility for the Holocaust and asked forgiveness and kind of began the process of reunification with West Germany that would conclude within the year. Greyhound broke a strike or tried to break a strike by hiring new drivers. A month later, they declared the strike over, but then they ended up filing for bankruptcy a few months later and eventually settled the labor dispute under favorable conditions to them after 38 months. H.J. Hines, Chicken of the Sea, Bumblebee Seafood, declared that they would not buy tuna that isn't dolphin safe. I remember writing a book about this in my elementary school at the time, 91 or 92, about the dolphins being caught in the tuna nets, and uh, buy only buy dolphin safe, so my first little environmental advocacy, I guess. Uh, there were multiple uh, charges against uh, James Brown a year, or this was actually a couple years earlier, but he was on this day on April uh, 12th, 1990, he was moved to work release after serving 15 months of his six-year sentence for multiple charges, including assault. He was paroled less than a year later. I do have some links in the show notes that you may find interesting 
the opening theme songs, not just to Max Monroe Loose Cannon, but also to uh, that show Grand. It has this kind of uh, mocking uh, uh, opening where they're all singing the song about how you get ahead in life and all of their different backgrounds. It's a very tongue-in-cheek type of show, it seems like. Uh, I, you know, I mentioned it was a soap opera parody, but it's it's really playing that up. It's not doing it with a light touch, basically. And it's one thing I find interesting about this era of TV is, yes, Twin Peaks disrupted television as it stood in that moment, but it also was definitely part of a trend. As as I think I've mentioned before, and we'll certainly mention again, the new Fox network, The Simpsons, Married with Children, Roseanne, uh, just more widely this kind of uh, ironic postmodern sensibility in TV. Twin Peaks was seen as being at the apex of that. In some ways it was quite different in other ways it matched that mood but uh, we'll have opportunity to dig into that further as it goes along